Welcome to This Week in the State Line, where we talk with local people about the local topics that you care about. Welcome to another installment of This Week in the State Line. I am Steve Summers. Very special edition of This Week in the State Line as we talk about Vets Roll rolling into Washington, D.C., coming up May 19th through the 22nd. Our guest this morning, George Olson who is from Waterloo, Iowa, lives in the area, and uh, a vet who's going to be a part of Vets Roll, and Mark Finnegan, who works day and night, 365 days a year, to make sure Vets Roll happens. And first of all, good morning, gentlemen. Thanks for being here. Morning, and Steve. George, thank you for your service to our country right yes, off sir. the top. That's truly amazing. Um, tell us a little bit about you, George, just before we get into all the nuts and bolts of Vets Roll. But um, you were a part of World War II, correct? Yes, I was. And uh, how long were you in service? I was in uh, two years during the war. Can you elaborate a little bit about how service to your country has made you a better person? Well, I I think that uh, being in the military teaches you to be true to yourself and true to others and to uh, stand up for what's right with the uh, uh, people. That's amazing. And um, you were shot down and you were involved in a lot of combats? Well... I was on a ship, so I wasn't shot down, okay. but uh, we we were sunk uh, at uh, Okinawa, Japanese uh, a torpedo plane, uh, come in low and hit the forward part of the ship with a torpedo and blew the forward part of the ship off, and then he circled around and crashed midship, and spread all of the uh, aviation fuel around, and the whole ship was on fire, ammunition was exploding, and Finally, about an hour later, the the ship was gone to the bottom. I, I'm just amazing that I'm sitting here and I'm I'm realizing that you are 93 years old and you remember all that off the top of your head like it just happened yesterday. <laughs> yes, well, it feels like it happened yesterday. There was I was in a uh, compartment with at the uh, as the ship was sinking. There was three of us left trying to get out. I made it out. The other two didn't make it out, and uh, I I can remember their names just like it was yesterday the one man was uh named frederick Krauss. the other man had the same name i does i do george w olson he was from brooklyn new york but uh, those those two people never made it out and they were right in line with me to get off the ship wow truly incredible so we're talking to george olson of beloit who is a a vet and uh, he's a part of vets role for 20 20- 19. Can you believe we're closing in at the end of 2019 already and 2020 ahead? And it's just crazy, Mark. So tell us a little bit about Vets Roll and George's involvement, your involvement, and everybody that's been part of this for the past year. I appreciate it, Steve. I, I want to correct George was actually on our very first trip in 2010. Okay. And um, yeah, this is our uh, our 10th year coming up here very shortly, uh, May 19th to the 22nd. And um, we conceived the Vets Roll concept back in uh, 2010 um, in honor of my father was also World War II Navy vet such as George was and then uh, my mother who's still living in Beloit she was a Rosie Deriveter during the World War II era and um, we being in the family business it's our 50th year in the RV business in Beloit uh, my father was I guess our family is pretty well known around the Beloit area and um we wanted to do something special to to memorialize our father's service to the country. He was a very proud World War II Navy vet. And um, we worked uh, with the uh, Extreme Home Makeover cast back in 2009. They, they did a build in northwest Illinois, and they had contacted me about supplying RVs that they could 
use uh, the cast and crew could use out in the cornfield out there in August to keep yourselves comfortable. And so uh, I, it's still the case today. I work too much, and I had never heard about Extreme Home Makeover, which I guess was one of the most popular shows on television at yep. the time. And so we went out there and met the crew, and we found out what the, the show was all about, was helping a family in dire financial and, and health needs. And so this is at the beginning of the recession, and um, we found out what we were doing. But what we were doing was just helping the, the cast and crew stay comfortable in air conditioning, you know, out in the cornfield. So we asked him if we could do a fundraiser to help that family. And they said, I'll never forget, they said, you sure can, but this is Friday afternoon and we wrap up on Wednesday, so you don't have a lot of time. And this was at the beginning of the recession. And we went back to the shop and we got on the phones and emails and we simply contacted people that we knew pretty well and just asked them if they would be willing to donate $100 to help the Sot family. And uh, by Wednesday, we had raised almost $12,000 for this family. And that told us that if the cause is right, even though times are hard, people would still give from the heart. So then you fast forward into that winter, we started hearing about the wonderful Honor Flight program, which is nationwide. And uh, just they're the ones that spearheaded the efforts to get these World War II-era veterans out to Washington to see their memorials. And we got thinking, well, you know, we're an RV dealer. Maybe we could do something similar to Honor Flight, but slow it down, do it over a series of four days, and give these vets more time to share their stories and build a camaraderie. And and George was part of that first trip, and we took nine RVs and three buses. And I joke that we looked like the Clampets going down the road, you know. <laughs> um, but, and the trip went off just beautifully, and we thought we'd go back to, to selling RVs. And as you both know, my phone never stopped ringing, and uh, my life was forever changed. I guess we find our, our calling in life in ways we don't expect. And now, um, here coming up May 19th to 22nd, we are working on our 10th annual trip to Washington, D.C., and just short of our 2,000th veteran we've taken out there, absolutely free of charge because of the generosity of the community. That's amazing. And, George, you were on that very first Vets Roll trip. Um, some of the highlights that you remember from going to Washington and the camaraderie and the stories? Yes, uh, it was a very exciting trip. Uh, we, we got to... Uh, uh, tell each other our stories and uh uh going down the highway and everything i i was uh uh, struck by how uh mark was leading the procession and uh he knew where to get off the highways and everything everything just went so uh smoothly and we stayed at uh, nice motels uh had had good meals got to see the monuments in in washington that was uh for world war ii everything was so amazing and uh well put together we we really enjoyed the trip they do a, a wonderful job well how about all the respect that was shown to the vets too on the buses that had to be moving for you it was and uh even in uh, washington we, we went to uh, um the uh national cemetery arlington arlington, arlington, arlington yeah, yeah. Ar- arlington arlington, arlington yeah. yeah and uh while we were sitting there waiting to get on uh, one of the uh, little trams that take you around the cemetery uh, the people all come along, and everybody, uh, thank you for your service. And it was just uh, amazing the respect they showed for the for the veterans. And uh, on the trip home, the uh, highway patrols come out uh, all the way through. Uh, I know uh, Ohio and and uh, Indiana, Chicago uh, led the led the procession all the way through with patrols 
push people off the highway to let us go down and get through it. It, w- it was amazing. People would be standing on the overpasses, uh, uh, fla- uh, waving flags at us and saluting. It, it was just an amazing trip. And we got back in Beloit. Uh, it, it just uh, made you feel like uh, they uh, appreciated what you had done during the World War II. It was things that we never got after the war. But it was really amazing, and it really touched our souls. That's amazing. It was the very first one, and look how far it has grown. We are talking to George Olson of Beloit, a true American hero, survivor of World War II. And you were 83 when you went on that trip, so (laughs) that was 10 years ago. And you remember it like it was just yesterday again, which is amazing, George. As well as Mark Finnegan from VetsWorld.org. That is the website if you want to get more details. So, Mark, now that we're into it for the 10th year, have things changed drastically from that very first one that George just described? Oh, my gosh. Uh, you know, I was just thinking while he was talking that first year, like I said, we took nine motorhomes and three buses. Um, you talk about flying by the seat of your pants. Uh, we were cooking. We had a chef on board, and we had crock pots on the counters <laughs> in the motorhomes with, with roast beef in them and stuff like that while we are going down the highway. Um, I never thought to call ahead of the restaurants. <laughs> we just showed up with 125 vets and that's true um now it's really it'll never be perfect but it's morphed into an incredible venture and i guess that's we set the bar high that first year and we keep raising it and um now ever since the first year the years two through ten we take a caravan of 10 56 passenger charter buses from badger coaches out of madison there's a um, rv manufacturer in indiana called newmar that provides a, a beautiful luxury motorhome that we drive as the lead coach. So it's essentially 11 buses. Um, we have a medical team on every bus. There's a uh, there's EMTs, LPNs, RNs, paramedics. There's nurse practitioners. We have physical therapists. We have dietitians. We have physicians. We have oxygen techs. We supply all the wheelchairs, the walkers. Um, we supply all the oxygen, the concentrators. The medical team just completed this week. They contact every single veteran going on the trip. They make sure all their medications are up to date. They get all their dietary needs so that if there's any gluten or peanut issues or anything like that, that veteran, even though he's dining with 220 of his brothers and sisters, he is noted at every one of the restaurants all 12 times we eat, and his his specific dietary needs are met on his meal without singling him out on the whole table or anything like that. It's all those little things that go on behind the scenes. Um, we carry um, uh, AEDs on every bus. Uh, they're just the, the medical team practices all year long to make sure this thing comes off. Uh, it's like a rolling triage. We have a supply trailer we carry behind full of oxygen tanks and bottles, and uh, the wheelchairs are all provided. Uh, Diane Hendricks and ABC Supply up in Beloit has graciously bought a, a probably 120 wheelchairs for us over the years and and um all the major medical centers along the route on the way out and on the way back they know where we're at um in case we did have a catastrophe um every bus is essentially brand new uh, they all have wheelchair lifts on them and then um every bus is manned with uh, a staff of 17 volunteers two bus leaders and and 15 volunteers that absolutely meet every single need that those veterans have on that trip we have suppliers for uh, i just this afternoon i'm picking up 200 cases of of pop and uh, 
Uh, we have a supplier in Janesley, E&D Waterworks, that supplies um, in excess of several thousand bottles of water that we take on the trip, and they've done that since the very first trip. And um, and, and it's a it's a big big task. Um, we have fire departments from Beloit right on through Chicago that are up on the overpasses. We have the uh, Fire and Iron Motorcycle Club, along with some Marine Corps vets that are riding motorcycle escorts from Beloit to D.C. and back for the second year. Um, there there's just different surprises all along the way at, at the different stops and. It's just an outpouring of patriotism that this country just badly needs. And, you know, we kind of joke with them when they go on the trip. We don't talk politics. We don't talk religion. You can talk sex like you did back in the day, but <laughs> we uh, we keep it clean. And uh, But we go down there, and for those four days, it's just magical because one of the big differences with Vets Role is that our vets come from all over the United States, uh, yeah. counting the ones for this year's trip. 37 states now they've come from to come here to, to South Boyd to go on the trip. This year, I think it's 20 states alone. We have um, currently 20 World War II vets on the trip. We have 45 Korean War vets on this trip. So if you do the math, that's 65 vets that are 85 or older out of the 220 on the trip. And yet they go down the road and the veteran from Rockford could be riding on a bus with a guy from Los Angeles and maybe a guy from Florida and somebody from Minnesota. And they're all strangers on Sunday morning. And by the time we get to Wright Patterson Air Force Base in Dayton, Ohio, they're all brothers. They, they've started sharing those stories. They find out they had those same fears, those same memories. And, um, and we really tout the closure on the veteran trip. And that's really what it's all about because it's, it's just, like I say, it's an outpouring of, of support and, and just closure. And as we're getting into the Vietnam era now, we're getting more and more Vietnam vets. The bulk of them are Vietnam vets now. Um, you know, their expression of closure is so much different than what George's generation was. You know, it was always celebratory for the World War II group. And the Korean vets, they kind of fell in between and didn't get the accolades they should have gotten. And, and everybody knows the story of the Vietnam vets, the way the country just went the wrong way, you know, for these guys that serve the country proudly. But now when it's all said and done, they're all brothers. And it doesn't matter when they served. Some of our volunteers are, are veterans from later eras. And uh, it's just it's just an unbelievable transformation. So far provided 5,600 hotel rooms, 41,000-plus meals are served, over 242,000 miles traveled by the convoy. Uh, you said 10 motor coaches are rolling this year for the 10th anniversary. And you're right, when you compare this 10th anniversary one coming up, again, May 19th through the 22nd, Compared to the first one, it probably did feel like the Clampets, the first one, now that you look back at <laughs> oh, all man. the escorts and all the police and, and the military escorts and the first responders who are waving at you, and that's got to be an incredible experience. George is here, and George Olson from Beloit is a 93-year-old World War II vet who went on the very first one, and just to see the people waving along the side of the streets had to be like a homecoming party for you. Oh, absolutely. And uh, Mark didn't mention all the motorcycle escorts. They all have American flags uh, attached to their uh, cycles, and uh, it's just like a military parade going down the highway. And then when we leave Beloit uh, along Riverside Drive, they have hundreds of uh, flags uh, put up there to celebrate the uh, veterans. And uh, when we come back, they have a big meeting there in the uh, Eclipse Center. They have fireworks, and uh, the mayor of the city and 
city managers, everybody's out to uh, welcome us home, and it really, really made you feel like uh, finally you're recognized for the service that you gave the country during World War II. It was a wonderful trip. Wow. Uh, Steve, I, I think I'm guessing that we're about the same age, and uh, you know, growing up, everybody was a World War II vet, and I think we took that for granted. We didn't think to thank them while they were still with us, and um, one of the, the beauties of this this transformation takes place is we also take high school seniors on the trip with us every year, the Harlem Vet Doc. Uh, we take four of their seniors from Harlem High School, two from Hananiga, and this year we'll have two seniors from the Boyd ROTC program. And it is absolutely critical when you see a walking piece of history like George wearing those veteran hats. Every one of them has a unique story underneath that hat. And there's people, there's deniers out there that certain things ever happened in history. Yeah. And and we preach it to the vets and we preach it to the kids. You have to get those stories from those that lived it in color, like George here and all these others. Because, unfortunately, every day they're going to the grave and they're taking those stories with them. And for these youth around the area to take the interest, we have some of the these high school students, uh, Emily Gusk is one that comes to mind, um, uh, Maddie Moraine, and these are students that went on the trip as high school students that continue to reapply to go as college-age students now at their own expense. Uh, we have a couple sisters that fly in from California that go on a trip every year, and um, and that is another aspect of the Vetrol mission is keeping that history alive and recording it. We have video color history now, in and we can get it in George's voice. You can see the color of his skin, the Sound of his voice, the color of his eyes doesn't play well on radio, but it 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 uh, but it, it's it's so critical critical because 150 years from now somebody could still pull up and see what great great grandpa George looked like and sounded like. I'm talking to George Olson of Beloit and Mark Finnegan from the VetsRoll.org organization again, they are rolling May 19th through the 22nd. George says, "Yeah, yeah, yeah. Let's talk about Rosie the Riveters. Talk a little bit about the ladies now, Mark, cuz we <laughs> talked a lot about the vets and George's like, "No, he just woke up. Look at his eyes brighten up real quick." <laughs> Tell me a little bit more about the involvement of Rosie the Riveters for this portion of VetsRoll. Well, so many people, they're a forgotten nugget of history, but uh, the women, for the most part, leading into the 40s, their mission was at home, taking care of the house, raising the kids. It was a man's world. And when we got into World War II, it was to defeat evil, and it was all hands on deck, and they had one purpose, and it was victory. And in order for us to deploy millions more troops around the world, we had to allow, or I shouldn't say allow, we had to call up the women, the civilian side women, to move into these traditional male jobs, and they they stood up, they they moved in there. My own mother is a Rosie Riveter, and they moved into desk jobs, they moved into factory jobs, and they proved that they can do these jobs as good or better than the men that they were replacing. And we would not have been victorious in World War II had it not been for the contribution of the women on the home front. Um, unfortunately, there's no actual designation of a Rosie to Riveter and these women are so humble from that generation that they think kind of like the vets do they just did what they had to do and they don't necessarily get recognized for it and I think this year we only have one Rosie to Riveter on the trip which is too bad uh, because they're they're the same generation some of them are even younger I mean school age kids were recycling and just doing whatever they could to help the war effort it was all in and uh and so, yeah, we, we honor the Rosie Derivators as equals to their veteran counterparts. So for the vet's role, when a vet goes along on the bus, as you say, attend motor coaches, 
Does the guest come along, a significant a spouse? Um, we do it differently than the honor flight. On the honor flights, they're generally one-to-one uh, assistant, usually a family member right. and the vet. Right. On vets roll, because we're on the road for four days, we skew more towards medical training um, and, and also people with military backgrounds themselves. And then we are so blessed that in a day and age when people can't get anybody to sign up for anything, we actually have more people apply for our virtual trip as an assistant than we can accept. And you think about that. These people are willing to pay $550 out of their own income and take three to four days off of work to go on the trip, and we can't take them all because we get too many to apply. And, uh, again, that's a testament to how how big a part our volunteers in the community are playing in, in bringing this this home, this this mission home. Does Vets Roll have any problems uh, getting any kind of um, itinerary in Washington, D.C. once you get to her to see some of these monuments and memorials? Um, that is always a moving target. Um, we actually, we just this week have finally gotten the itinerary set for the day in D.C., and we still don't have the confirmation down on, uh, on some of the escorts and whatnot, but that's just the way it always is. Um, and now we'll get it all put together, and we'll get in there. We're staying at a beautiful uh, Hilton, four-star Hilton in Alexandria, Virginia this year. It's a 31-floor hotel, and uh, we're just treating treating them like the kings and the queens that they should be treated as. And um, when we depart out of Beloit on Sunday morning, the 19th, um, if people get up bright and early, uh, 5.14 a.m. is when we leave, we'll have 13 Illinois State Troopers leading us along with the motorcycles right down through the Chicago Loop. They give us a presidential escort. They shut off all the on-ramps, all the toll booths. We go right through the loop. We get down to the south side on the Borman Expressway. It's the same way. We get to Indiana. The Indiana State Police take over, and they take us down I-65 with an escort. Um, And then when we come back in on Wednesday, um, we come all the way from D.C. back to Beloit. So it's a long run. Um, We generally, we, we hope to be up in the Belvedere area, and that's important to your listeners. Um, in the Around 830 is what we shoot for. And at the Walmart, Applebee's, that parking lot there off of uh, twenty uh, Highway 20, they'll have just a massive homecoming there. It's like a pre-staging for our final leg up to Beloit. And weather permitting, we'll pick up several hundred motorcycle escorts. The police and the DOT, they'll close off I-90 and I-39 there temporarily. And the motorcycles will lead us out. They'll they'll have... Uh, Two med flight helicopters are going to be there this year that are going to come up and fly over. Wow. Uh, the city of Belvedere is going to have bleachers out there in the parking lot to welcome the, the caravan in. And then uh, we go up to Beloit with a presidential escort. We get off at South Beloit. We'll have, as George mentioned, we'll have fireworks by the interstate. We'll get down to the Eclipse Center there in Beloit. And it, by then it'll be 10, 9, 30, 10 o'clock at night. And there'll still be thousands and thousands of people out there, families, you know, the kids can stay out late that night, you know, because that's what they need is to see this celebration of our freedom that you wouldn't see in any other country in the world. So if you go to vetsroll.org, you can get an actual oh, yeah. map of the Victory Parade yep. and all that? Yep, we have all that. And, uh, um, you know, they can do it through Facebook. Uh, follow us on Facebook. We have about 84,000 followers on our Facebook page. And then uh, we always post at the end of the day, we'll post where we were that day with pictures and um, and our um, and our web team, our photographers that go with, they actually break it down by bus, and so they even post bus pictures to the uh, to the web page. So if you have a loved one that's going to be on the trip, you can see their pictures from that day, and 
it's almost live time. It's really cool. Uh, Aaron cool. Wilson from yep. Channel. Uh, I'm sorry, Channel Twenty Three. Yeah, yeah. Aaron Wilson, our buddy from Channel Twenty Three, is going with us our fourth straight year now, and uh, he does his morning show live while we're on the road and. What a, a wonderful bonus he's been to have on the trip each year, too. So VetsRoll.org is the place to go to see everything and to find out and to maybe even help and assist mm-hmm. and be a part of the Victory Parade when it comes back. How many hours is it from Washington to Beloit or to the first stop? The drive, well, we stop every three and a half to four hours on the way out and on the way back okay. just to get everybody out moving around. Um, the drive back from D.C., we pick up an hour coming west, which is really critical um, but it's about a 14, 15 hour drive plus your, your stop. So we, we depart Washington DC around 5.30 a.m. on Wednesday morning, which is 4.30 our time. And then we get back here to Beloit, uh, in the nine, 9.30 hour, somewhere in there. So my last question then is, has there ever been a senator or a vice president or a president actually has addressed the vets while they were in Washington? Oh yeah, yeah. Uh, Senator Bob Dole, he's been out there a number of times the last few years and uh, another World War II hero, and he truly is a hero what that man went through. Yeah. Um, and then we get, um, actually, I don't know why it is, we get some of the Wisconsin senators and representatives that come down. <laughs> I, we don't seem to get the Illinois ones, but we'll get them out there. We'll just get the word out. And uh, um, But yeah, they'll come down and, and visit. And, um, and then we do have some local senators and reps that meet us in Beloit, too, on the the takeoff and the return. Well, remember, this is nationwide. We have vets from all over the country a part of this. It's not just from Wisconsin. So right. a lot of people can get, can get involved. So, George, thank you so much for being here this morning for your service and being a part of the very first vets role. Uh, any final comments you would like to add before we uh, close out here this morning? Well, I'd just like to say that um, uh, back in uh, 1999, 14 survivors from the uh, USS Twiggs, the ship I was on, we flew back to Okinawa, and we spent a week there with the uh, military uh, and in a bus, and they took us all around the uh, island to see where the battles were. And uh, while we were there, we went into some caves that the uh, Japanese had uh, dug into the ground for their headquarters, and there was a, uh, a ceremony going on in one of the rooms that we went by. Later on, when we come out of the caves way, there was an old Japanese lady come out, and uh, we asked about that, and they said she was the wife of Admiral Oda, who was in charge of the naval forces at the time of the uh, of the battle at Okinawa. And uh, at the end of the battle, he, he committed uh, uh, suicide, Harry in the in this uh, room, and they were down there. It was, uh, I think it was 50 years to the day when uh, this had happened. And uh, I thought, my God, it's just like seeing somebody walk out of a book in history to see this old Japanese woman that was the wife of the admiral at that time. It was quite an experience. Wow. Well, thank you for your service. And Mark Finnegan, thank you so much. It sounds like this is a 24-7, 365 full-time job, and you managed to put Vets Roll together while keeping Finnegan RV together, too, at the same time. Hopefully you can edit a little bit, because I have one very important aspect of our trip I forgot to oh, mention, actually, Steve. go ahead. Um, we have a committee that, it's our mail call committee, and they're working diligently right now. And what they do is, and I can tell George because he's been on the trip, but uh, they'll they'll go in and they'll contact family members of the vets that are going to be on the trip. And those family members contact their family members, kind of a tree effect. 
and they will write personalized cards and letters. Some of them will email, but mostly cards and letters that will come in, along with local schools, church groups, senior centers that participate. And they send in these letters. And and uh, what we do is when we're in D.C., Aaron Wilson is our Uncle Sam, and we'll have their final mail call. And um, mail call was the glue that kept them linked back home on the home front. You know, these are 18, 19, 20-year-old kids that are out there way a long ways from home, and we call their names out one at a time, all 220 of them. Uncle Sam will go over, and we've had in excess of 10,000 letters and cards for 220 vets. Mm. Uncle Sam will go over and shake their hand, thank them for their service, and hand them their final mail call, and boy, it's emotional. It really is. It sounds like that. Wow. Well, thank you for being here this morning. It's vetsroll.org, the website again, the dates, May 19th through the 22nd, and they are returning on the 22nd, you say about 9, 30, 10 o'clock or so in Beloit. Follow us on Facebook. <laughs> All right, so follow them on Facebook to make sure you're there for the victory parade to show our vets exactly our, our love and admiration. Thank you so much, George, for being here. Thank you, Mark. Thank you, Steve. That's been another episode of This Week in the State Line. Thanks for listening. Join us next Sunday morning at 6 for another edition of This Week in the State Line. 